0: Good. So great to be here with you. Thanks for coming out this morning and, uh, and hanging out. Uh, we're here today, as was already said during the welcome to worship God and to hear from his word. And so we're going to be turning to the scriptures in just a few moments. But uh, last week we kicked off a four-week message series, which you just saw the trailer for, uh, The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. And this is a North Point Church series that uh, we're a North Point partner church. And so I wanted to share this message series with you as we kicked off a new year. And this message series is all about the principle of the path. And we're going to talk some more about that. If you didn't have the opportunity to be here last week and you want to go back and listen to last week's message, which will lead you into today's message, you can go to our website anytime. All of our sermons are posted on there. You can watch the videos or or if you're one of those traveling folks that has to drive and you want to listen while you're exercising or driving, you can uh, go to any podcast location, iTunes, Stitcher, and download the audio messages each week. And so for some of you, that's uh, something you could take advantage of to keep, uh, to keep up with what we're doing here at the church. So I just wanted to let you know about that. Um, today, I wanted to begin by just asking a question. Um, I've discovered that there are people who are good with directions, and then there are people that aren't so good with directions. And usually you know who you are. And uh, so I just thought I would just ask, how many of you would put up your hand and honestly say, I think I'm pretty good with directions, like I know, I, yeah, you don't get lost easily, you typically know, keep your hand up, keep it, keep it up, keep it up, okay, because so I'm going to test you. Uh, what I'm going to do, was, <laughs> a couple hands went down, what I'm going to do, I'm gonna, I am going to count to three and I'm going to give you a direction, I just want you to point in that direction, and we'll just see how you're doing. All right, so one, two, three, everybody point west. Okay, I saw a few hands, a little late, but yes, west is that way, Can, come on everybody, give them a hand. Right? You guys are good with directions. You're so special. (laughs) Um, I tend to think that I'm fairly competent with directions. Uh, A couple of months ago, I was with my my family, and we were all in our minivan in the city of Ottawa. And so we were there for the weekend. We kept driving around the same type of roads uh, for the entire weekend. And on the last day, we were getting ready to head home to Peterborough, which is a good little drive. And as we were leaving Ottawa, we decided that we were going to stop and have a meal together at this particular restaurant. And uh, so immediately, uh, I had seen it somewhere in our travels during Ottawa during our time in Ottawa, and my wife uh, immediately grabbed my cell phone and began putting in the name of the restaurant into the you know the map. And it was going to lead us there. The problem was the restaurant had just opened a few weeks prior. And it wasn't listed so it was showing us every other restaurant of that type all over the city but not the one that was uh, where we were headed and so i said don't worry guys i know where it is i saw it a few days ago and so i began i began driving down the highway and i said oh this is the exit i'm sure of it and i pulled off the exit and i made a left-hand turn and my wife and my kids are going i don't know dad this doesn't look like the place And, and we drove over the overpass and i turned into what looked like a residential subdivision and my wife Jessica and my kids are like, Dad, I don't think this is the way. And I said, Guys, you got to trust me. I'm good with directions. And so you got some of you know where this is going. And so I turn left again and I turn into what looked like a commercial. And now we're in office buildings and, and everyone's still wondering, like, where are you taking us as so we come around the bend? Ta da! There it is. I was pretty impressed with myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can clap. That's cool. Uh, you didn't have to clap for me because I was clapping for myself. I was like, Guys, do you see what your dad just did? yeah dad we saw it I'm like look at I took a man I didn't have a map I did not have directions I just knew and they're like yeah great dad can we eat and so we went in and we had our meal Um, and so after the meal we get into the van and now we're headed home to Peterborough and so we go out the same way we get on the same highway we're now pointed west from Ottawa to Peterborough southwest and we're heading um, to Peterborough and my wife who I've often criticized for being a poor navigator I do it's true I'm like why didn't you look that up now we're lost And so I said, she pulls out my phone and she begins putting in our home address so the phone will lead us home. And I said, honey, I know how to get home from Ottawa. So she's like, okay. And she put the phone down and we were driving and talking and having a great time for about an hour. And uh, we're driving along and we're headed home and everything's great until we see a little sign as we come into this village called Cobden. And my wife, Jessica says to me, she's like, I don't remember driving through Cobden on the way here. And I said, of course we did. And as we continued driving, I see the river, the Ottawa River, and I'm like, wait a minute. And it was in that moment that I felt what many of you feel on a regular basis, the feeling of being lost. It's not fun. It's not, it doesn't happen often. It was not fun. So I wanted to share with you four quick things about the art of lostness. And some of you know this all too well. Uh, here's the first one. Almost nobody, almost nobody gets lost on purpose. Like nobody gets, you just happen to get lost. I mean, even if you tried to get lost on purpose, you would know where you got lost and you could go back to where you were. So it doesn't even really work. All right, nobody gets lost on purpose. Here's the second thing. We're lost before we know we're lost. I thought I was going in the right direction until we saw that sign that said Cobden. It was like, wait, I'm lost. The third thing, men drive faster when they're lost. (laughs) I, I can't explain it. It's just, just true. It's just true. Someday we'll know why. Number four, and this is the, maybe the most important one of them all, um, we wind up where the road we're on ends up. Isn't that true? Like it doesn't matter what type of education you have, what color your skin is, your gender. It doesn't matter uh, where you work. It doesn't matter how many accolades you have, how many people know you, how successful, your IQ. Your, none of that stuff matters. That's not just true of driving. We all get it when it comes to driving. We take that road, we're gonna end up there but it's also true of life. It's true of every area of our life, it's true of every decision that we make, every path we take takes us somewhere that's predictable. Did you know that online companies, marketing agencies, Facebook, Google, all of them, they collect data about us, all right? Some of you may not want to know this, Uh, but when you're on the internet, when you're shopping and when you're doing, going certain places, looking at certain things, there's somebody tracking, it's called big data. They're tracking all this information about you and they can actually predict things that you will do, things that you will buy in the future. I read a fantastic story about this. Um, Charles Duhigg wrote a, wrote a book called the power of habit. I don't know if any of you read it, but uh, in it, he talks about uh, target superstores down in the States and they did such a fantastic job collecting data on their customers. So whether you went in the store and purchased certain items, put them on your credit card or whether you ordered them online, they were tracking it all to you and they could actually predict things you would need in the future and things you might want to buy. And uh, so on this one particular story I read on the New York Post, um, this this gentleman comes into a Target store and asks to speak to the manager. The manager comes out, and the guy's angry, and he goes to tell the manager that his teenage daughter received a package in the mail, like an envelope with a whole bunch of coupons for baby stuff. Yeah, he's like, why did this get sent? Like, this wasn't like a general mailer. This was sent specifically to my daughter, you know, diapers and wipes. And he's like, she's a teenager. How could your company do this? And the manager apologized profusely. And then a few days later, the manager called the man back to apologize once again. And the guy says, I'm so sorry. There were some things going on in my home that I didn't know about. And my daughter is pregnant. Target knew before he did. It is amazing. And how did they know the principle, the path? They could tell based on purchases and things that were going on the trajectory of where things were going. A little scary, right? So the I guess the lesson there is don't use the internet. Uh, (laughs) uh, I guess the bigger lesson is someone is always watching and collecting data on all of us, so I guess be careful what you do. Uh, No one's never not watching. Uh, But in spite of all of that, and this is what we learned last week, in spite of all of the uncertainty of life, because as we go through life, we can't control the economy, we can't control our family, we can't control the weather. There's so many things that are out of our control. How could we ever truly predict our future? And the answer is that our future becomes fairly predictable based on what we're doing today. It's called the principle of the path. And last week, I gave you this definition for the principle of the path. It's simply this, that direction determines destination. Some of you are here. You remember this direction determines destination, that the direction you are currently facing will determine where you end up tomorrow and a year from now and five years from now and 10 years from now. And if we understand the principle of the path, then we understand that our future is actually quite predictable. The principle of the path applies um, not only to direction, but it applies to our finances. How you're using money today will determine where you're at five years from now, believe it or not. It applies to your health. What you're eating and how you're using your body today will determine your health in many respects down the road. This is true of your career professionally. It's true of your family. It's true relationally. It's true spiritually. Investments you make in your spiritual life today will will lead you somewhere tomorrow. It's the principle of the path. And if I were to sit down with each of you and ask you, what are your goals for the future? You would have some very clear intentions. Like most of you in this place would say, in five years I want to be here relationally. In five years, I think I'd like to be here, you know, financially. I'd like to own a house or be settled in my career. Or if I said with your family, you say, oh, I think I want to be married with one kid or I want to be this or that. So we have all these intentions, these dreams, these goals, these destinations that we want to arrive at, even if they're a little hazy. We all have intentions of where we'd like to arrive. But what I've discovered in life is that there's often a disconnect. There's often a disconnect between between our intention, that place we want to get to, and the direction we're currently headed. Would you not agree? Last week, I shared a sort of a self-deprecating story uh, about OBP, which I won't repeat. Uh, If you missed the sermon, I'm not going back there. Um, But sometimes we say, this is where we're going, and we say, this is the direction I want to head in, but we're actually living in the opposite direction. And the hard fact is that if we're living in the opposite direction, we will never end up in the place that we intend to be. And what I've discovered in my own life is that we excuse the disconnect. Like when I'm not living in the direction I say I'm going in, I often make excuses for myself. Maybe I'm the only one, right? Oh, it's just another slice of pie. Oh, I'll just put it on the credit card one more time. Oh, I just, I just won't do that thing I'm supposed to. So we just make these excuses like uh, because I'm so special, of course, and that's why I can excuse myself. But what we discover uh, in the principle of the path is simply this, that direction trumps intention every single time. Direction trumps intention. No matter how good your intentions are, your direction will actually trump your intention every single time. It may play out like this. Maybe there's a young lady um, who intends on marrying a great Christian guy. She's got these aspirations for what her marriage and family will look like someday. Uh, But she's dating anybody who will pay attention to her and has most of his teeth. (laughs) The bar is supposed to be here, but she's putting it here. It's like, oh, well, we'll get to that later, okay? There's a, there's a disconnect between the intention and the direction. Maybe a dad who says, I, I want to be really connected to my kids, and I want to I have this amazing, dynamic family where we love one another, but he's always working and keeps going away on trips and isn't around. Maybe it's a grandparent who says, I, I want to live a, to a ripe old age, and I want to watch my grandkids grow up, but they're not... They're not eating healthy, they're not exercising, they're not taking care of the things they need to. There's a disconnect, right? Or someone that says, oh, one day I'll be debt-free, but for right now I'll just consolidate all my debt, push it aside, and not change my lifestyle. There's a disconnect. Maybe I want to have kids that have a faith of their own, that love Jesus, but someday we'll get back to church. Someday we'll, we'll make that a priority in our family. Or, or, you know, I'm just having some fun in college, university, Right now is now. Later is later. You know, it, it doesn't matter what I do now; it won't really affect later. Right? Disconnect. When I finally get that promotion, when I get that raise, when I finally get my dream job, then I'm going to become a generous person and give. When I'm done in high school, I'll I'll actually begin living for God in a way that other people can see. When all our kids move out, we'll focus on us and we'll build a great marriage. Miss the point in the message when it gets super quiet in the room. (laughs) Some of you are like, he's like, he's reading my mind. How does he know that I'm thinking like this? It's not that difficult, folks. It really isn't. Because even though you and I are unique, we are. Every single one of us is different. You're a snowflake. I came to tell you that. (laughs) Unique. Different than everyone else. You are unique. But let me tell you something. Your story isn't. And your path isn't. Someone else has walked down it before. Someone else has been where you've been. And let's be honest. As I read all those examples, maybe one of them hit you between the eyes. I know some of them hit me. And here's the deal. I believe that every single person in this room, I don't care how spiritual you think you are. I don't care if you think you're the amazing Christian. I don't care if you're the pastor. It applies to you. Somewhere in your life, there's a disconnect between what you intend and what God intends for your life and what you are presently doing. And that's why this message series hits home. Because there's disconnects all over in our lives. And the principle of the past says, it doesn't matter. If you're headed in the wrong direction, you will never end up where you want to be. So you've got to change directions. And so it leaves us with some, with some decisions to make. And I think it should hit every single one of us somewhere, somehow. And so today what I want to do is I want to read a passage of scripture with you um, that was written by a man by the name King Solomon. it's roughly 3,000 years ago this text was written. And Solomon was the third king of Israel. He's known and renowned for being extremely wise. And uh, and in this particular story that he's telling, he's actually telling this story to a group of young men to teach them a lesson. And hopefully there's a lesson in here, and hopefully you're going to see the principle of the path in here as well. Um, The the key characters in the story are a, a naive young man and a seductive married woman. Now, the point of this story, ladies, is not that all women are seductive. It's not what he's trying to say. He's also not trying to say that all young men are naive. That would be stating the obvious. (laughs) Solomon wants his listeners to understand something, okay? He wants them to understand that what may seem in your life like a diversion, like just a, a fun moment, like, oh, this is just a choice for today. It's disconnected from tomorrow. That what seems like a diversion is actually a direction. And that direction, just like a road, actually leads to a destination and that destination has unintended consequences. He's teaching us the principle of the path as he watches this story play out with a naive young man and a seductress or a seductive married woman. So we pick it up in Proverbs chapter 7, beginning in verse 6. Here's what it says. For at the window of my house, I have looked out through my lattice. Yes, Solomon is a Watching this play out from the window of his house, he was a king, probably lived in a castle. He's looking down onto the streets below and he's watching the people as they carry on their business. And he notices um, something through the window. Verse 7 And I've seen among the simple, I've perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense or lacking judgment. Now, let me clarify something. Most young men and most young women lack judgment, that's just the reality. And it's not because they're not smart, it's not because they're not capable, it's because judgment and wisdom come with, with time and experience. That's why there are teenagers and young adults who know way more than their parents. They, I mean, you, you sit down, let's do trigonometry together, right? Let's, let's do ancient civilizations and history, and the parents are lost. But the parents have something that sometimes the kids and young people don't have, it's called judgment and wisdom, and it comes with age And it comes with experience. That's why we listen to those people who are older than us and have experienced things. And can I tell you, there's two ways to get wisdom. There's a hard way and the hardest way. And some of you will just naturally choose the hardest way, which is, I'm going to figure it out myself. I'm going to go make all the same mistakes other people have made and learn the hard way that, oh, that's not the right way. I'll travel down this road, run into a wall. Okay, that's not the right way. And some of you will choose to do that. But the hard way is to humble yourself enough to listen to those who have gone down that path ahead of you and to listen to where it leads and to learn and to avoid that same situation. That's possible to gain wisdom early in life, and it's possible to glean it from others. We'll talk about that more uh, next week. So we have a young man that lacks sense. And Solomon's looking down his window, and he sees this young man in the streets, and here's what it says in verse 8, passing along the street near her corner. maybe, Maybe he's just wandering the streets, but he says, no, no, no taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. So the sun's going down, the city is quieting, and here's this young man walking down the street. He's visibly looking for someone or something. Verse 10, and behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute. She's actually a married woman, but she's dressed in an inappropriate way. Uh, Wily of heart, he says. She's loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home, now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. So you have this woman that's dressed and acting in a certain way. You have a young man who's looking for something clearly. Solomon's looking down the street and sees this dynamic going on, and he already knows where this is headed. Now, let me ask you a question. Some of you have never read this passage. Anybody guess where this is headed? (laughs) Like, you can. Even kids and teenagers will be like, "Oh, oh, there's a hookup coming. We see it. It's amazing that what's so obvious to others, sometimes we don't even see in ourselves. And I have to wonder sometimes, what are those things in my life that other people could look at me and go, man, like, you're headed the wrong way, and I don't see it. Why? Because I'm making excuses. I'm looking for the moment. I'm looking for excitement. I'm looking for fun, and I'm trying to do my thing, and someone else just looks and is like, oh, well, that's going to end up in a mess, right? And we said this last week, that it's so easy to predict other people's futures, I mean, you look at your kids, you look at your friends, you, you look at the people at your work and you see the behaviors and choices they're making, You're like, oh, I know where that's going to end up. But somehow they don't see it. And so we have these two perspectives, Solomon the wise looking down on the street going, okay, I see exactly where this is going. And the young man is walking down the street and he's just like, this is the best. He's totally clued out to what's happening here. Verse 13, she seizes him and kisses him. All right, now it's a little more obvious. Uh, what's going on? And, and, and I like to describe it this way, that there are sort of two vantage points. There's the young man's vantage point of what's going on, and then there's Solomon the wise, his vantage point. The young man has a soundtrack playing in his mind. There's this music going on as this woman kisses him. Can we hear that soundtrack, please? This is going to be the best day of my life. Yeah. That's, that's what he's thinking, Right? Here's this beautiful married woman. She came out. She found me. She just kissed me. Like, oh my goodness, this is going to be the best day of my life. Solomon is watching from the windows, and there's a whole different soundtrack playing. Let's hear that one. That's the theme music from Jaws, by the way. right? Solomon's looking down the situation. He's like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is not going to end well for you. She seizes him. She kisses him. And with bold face, she says to him, get ready for it. If you have kids, cover their ears. I had to offer sacrifices, and today I paid my vows. Like, what? What what does that even mean? Uh, What it means is that um, this woman had literally gone and offered sacrifices to basically empty her sin bucket. Got a clean slate. I'm ready to fill up my sin bucket with you all right all right it's pretty awesome soundtrack continues to play in his mind as he listens to it so now she says I have come out to meet you to seek you eagerly and I have found you this guy's going, I am so special this beautiful wealthy married woman came to find me she didn't want her husband she wants me I'm one in a million. That's what he's thinking. And Solomon's looking out the window, going, No, you're one of a million. Run. (laughs) Run. (laughs) Don't do it. She continues, I've spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. This is going to be an experience, young man. This is going to be a delight to your senses. This is going to be the the most incredible moment this is going to be so fun and exciting and all of that stuff she she continues my husband is not at home that's the question he was wondering <laughs> that's why he hadn't followed her yet she says my husband is not at home that's that's good to know she says he's gone on a long journey he took a bag of money with him and at full moon he will come home in other words there's no chance we're getting caught he's gone because if we don't get caught, I mean, if nobody knows, if we're not hurting anybody. If this is just between you and me, then it doesn't, it's not really, it's not really going to cause a problem, right? Like as long as that, no. She's trying to convince him. She's pursuing him with much seductive speech. Verse 21, she persuades him. She finally convinces him with her smooth talk. She compels this young man to come with her. And I love this. Verse 22, all at once. He follows her. This young man is like, yes, it's really happening. And he begins to follow this lady to her home. And Solomon, as he's narrating right from the perspective of wisdom, he's looking down the road. He knows where all this is headed. And he says, this is how he describes it. He follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Like, come on, Solomon. You're... Man, you're taking this way too seriously, man. This is just a one-night stand, man. This is just fun. This is just going to be a great moment, man. Did you hear about the cinnamon on the bed thing? I mean, I've never experienced that. Like, it's going to be so great, Solomon. And he says, Solomon's not done. He says, or as a stag, or as a deer is caught fast, like like a deer caught in a noose. It's like, that's how he follows her. Solomon, aren't you being just a little bit dramatic he continues, till an arrow pierces his liver. Start starting to sound like my parents. <laughs> As a bird rushes into a snare, the young man's like, Solomon, dude, this is just a diversion. This is just a fun for one night. He's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Do you understand something? I, I always try to tell my kids, and if I get a chance to talk to teens, I say, look, the reason why your parents are always freaking out it's because they understand the principle of the path, right? That's why when you're like, oh, mom, daddy's it's just a party in a the field. They're like, no, it's not. It's a pathway, right? And you're hearing, it's the best day of my life. And they're hearing Jaws music. And you're like, I don't understand why we can't come to a conclusion. That's why. They understand the principle of the path. And your parents probably went to one of those parties. So they know what happens. And it's not good. They don't want you to learn the hard way. So he says, no, it's like a bird rushing into a snare, into a trap. And then he finishes with this about the destination. He does not know. He does not know that it will cost him his life. Solomon knows where this ends up. He knows the danger of it. He knows uh, where this ends up for the young man. And uh, Solomon's really saying, look, this is not a diversion. This is, this is a direction that has a very clear destination for this young man. He continues in verse 24 again, he's teaching a group of young men, he says this, "And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her. Look what this says, her ways and do not stray into her paths." He says, "Look, this diversion, this moment of fun and pleasure, is actually not just a moment that's disconnected from your future. it's a direction. It's a path. It's taking you somewhere. It's true of your life and it's true of mine. Now is not just now. Later is not just later. Now leads to later. That's the principle of the path. He continues in the next verse. For many a victim she has laid low and all her slain are a mighty throng. In other words, your you think you're special. You think this moment, this opportunity is just is, is for you, and it's just like, it's this unique experience. It's like, oh, no, no, no. There's a mighty throng that have gone down that path, and it ends the same for all of them. You know why counselors um, are so smart? I mean, obviously, they go to school, and they get a lot of education and all that stuff. But, I mean, do you know why counselors seem so smart when you sit with them and they tell you things? Because we're so predictable. That's Why? Right, because we'll literally sit in the counselor's office and be like, you just don't understand. My family's like this. You just don't understand. My marriage is like this. You don't understand what happened to me, what happened to them, and I'm unique, and this has never happened to anyone else, and they're sitting there with their clipboard just going, uh-huh, 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 and they're just waiting for you to finish because they've seen it a hundred times. Anger is anger. Bitterness is bitterness, and it has a very clear destination if left unchecked, right? Right? And so because we're so predictable, because of the principle of the path, it's it's very, very clear where things are headed. Verse 27, he finishes by saying this, her house is the way or the highway to Sheol, another word for hell, highway to hell, going down to the chamber of death. In other words, he's saying this path that the young man is choosing right now has a very clear destination. It's not just a moment. It's a destination that leads somewhere. Young man thought it was simply a past time. But as it turns out, it was actually a pathway. Your destination and mine is actually quite predictable. I would argue that, as I said earlier, someone in your life can see your choices, can see the direction you're currently headed in in certain areas of your life, and they can predict your future very clearly. In fact, I would argue that somebody's probably tried to warn you About where you're headed, and maybe you weren't willing to listen, but it's always obvious to someone. Whenever there's a disconnect between what we intend, our intentions, and our direction, things do not go well. So, what I want to do today, as we begin to wrap up, I want to add two words to our definition for the principle of the path, okay? We said earlier the principle of the path is direction determines destination. Now, I want to add two words direction, not intention determines destination. And we want to add these words because it is so easy for us to make exceptions for ourselves. Oh yeah, no, I'll get there. No, no, that's where I'm going. And we're going in a different direction than where we intend to go. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I've found that diversions, these desires will tend to steer us off the path and lead us to a place we shouldn't be and too often we sacrifice the ultimate destination that we want to be at and where God wants us to be, and we sacrifice that destination for uh, a moment of pleasure, a moment of fun, and, uh, and we really shouldn't do that. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you a little assignment, and you can do this when you go home. I want you to go home, and I want you to find a little box, okay? Find a little box somewhere in your house, and I want you to take that box, and I want you to hold that box and look into that empty box, and then I want you to put into that box all the fun you've had in the last five years. All right, the best moments, I mean, the most excitement, man, take that party, throw it in there, take that good time, throw it in there, put all that fun inside that box, okay? And then what I want you to do is I want you to, to take all the money you've wasted in the last five years, I want you to throw that in the box too, and once you've got kind of to put all of that in the box, I want you just to stare at what's in the box. Might not be much there. You just stare into that box. And then I want you to do something else. I want you to take a moment and begin to think about your most selfless moments, in the last five years think about the times when you you sacrificed what you wanted for someone else the time when you were most generous the time that you went out of your way to help someone else or to give what you had to someone else to serve someone else or those times when you pressed in to know God and sat with your Bible and poured your heart out to him I want you to take those moments and now you've got the box with all the fun and the wasted money and the wasted time and you've got these these moments where you've done the right thing. And I want you to just kind of sit there and compare them. It's kind of a virtual exercise, but you get the idea. And then ask yourself this question, which, which one of those two do you want more of? Which one of those two do you want more of? Because here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that, that fun, as great as it is in the moment, that once we're beyond it, it's always in the rearview mirror. It's back there somewhere. Oh, you remember that time we... Oh, you remember Oh, how much fun... Oh, remember when we... Fun is back there. But satisfaction is a traveling companion. It goes with you. Have you noticed that? As you're going down the road of life, those those things that you did that truly satisfy. And the things that satisfy us is literally when we reach the intended destination. Isn't that amazing? When you say, I intend to do this, and you accomplish it, and you get there. It's like, yes! And that you carry with you for the rest of your life. So here's a question I want to ask today. Are you living in the right way? is there a disconnect? I already know there is for all of us. There's a disconnect somewhere between where we intend to be and where we're actually headed. And I believe that, that the Holy Spirit of God will literally put his finger on something in your heart and in mine, something that we can work on today. The good news is, though, that if you change direction, everything will change. If you will, that's the meaning of repentance, to turn another way, and to go in that way, everything will change. To actually stop making excuses of why you're special and why the rules don't apply to you. Oh, no, no, I'll get there as long as I keep heading this way. No, you won't. The principle of the path says that won't happen. So would you begin today living in a new direction? Would you have the humility to say, God, I'm heading in the wrong way. And I want to I make a change. Would you have the, the humility to do this exercise where you sit and so? What is it that I really want out of life? What are the things that are most important? And then begin to pursue those. Because direction, not intention, determines our destination. Can we pray together? Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.